Coming up this week, new airport rankings have some surprising results for Southern California airports. Disneyland continues to give back to its community, and Give Kids the World is offering a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Plus, later, we share our experiences at Mickey's Halloween Party and Not Scary Farm. All that next. From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 709, for the week of September 24th, 2017. The Diz Unplugged Disneyland Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan that perfect Disneyland vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I am your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by my good friends Nancy Johnson. Hey! Mary Jo Malata-Willie. Hola! <laughs> Tyler Crouch. Hey everyone! Michael Bowling. Hey there, hi there, hi there. And Tony Spatel. Hello. Oh my goodness, how was everyone's week? Everybody coming off the sugar high? It's been a busy Woo, week. Still on it. <laughs> still on the sugar high, nice. Right. Very busy. <laughs> fun weekend. Yeah, we will. It was. Yeah. And it, yeah. it was so much fun, we're just going to make it a whole segment. Exactly. <laughs> segment of fun. That's, that's, that's what today's episode is. Ooh, that's a good title, The Segment of Fun. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Put that uh, one in your pocket. I am working on that. Writing it down now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> first of all, we have to talk about the big announcement that was made on Tuesday's show. Uh, Give Kid, uh, Tuesday's Orlando show. Give Kids the World, along with Disney, is having a a so uh, a, a pseudo raffle, an online raffle, and giving away a once in a lifetime opportunity. A night in Cinderella Castle at Walt Disney World. Uh, that is so cool. I mean, isn't it? It is. It's what amazing. a cool way to reward people for donating to a fantastic cause. Mm-hmm. So, so it's it's win win. So for a donation as uh, as little as ten dollars, you can be entered to win. Um, the The prize includes a night in Cinderella Castle, breakfast in the morning, tickets. Oh, let me start over. A night in the castle for you and five of your friends. So uh, this is for six people. Uh, breakfast in the morning. Uh, a two-day park tickets. So you can go to the park the day before and the day after. And for you California residents, airfare. Well, actually for everybody. but So it's not limited to just people in Orlando. You get airfare. Kid Kids World is going to fly you to Orlando to take part in this prize. Yeah. It's an amazing prize. Yeah. That it really is. is. Where's the link to donate? Um, it is, if you go to omaze.com, it's, uh, it, I'm sure it's probably right on the first p- front page as much, um, press as it's beginning. It's omaze.com. And if you find the direct link, they, Rachel, uh, let me know. I was on there, um, earlier and they have all kinds of stuff going on on that site. Yeah, uh, and this, th- it's not hyperbole. Like they said it on the uh, Tuesday show as well, but it is not hyperbole that this is a once in a lifetime thing. Like yeah. this yeah. is something that Disney fans will spend their whole life trying to do and never mm-hmm. accomplish. Mm-hmm. So I'm it's on a- the site right now. It was super simple to find. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so again, head over there, uh, make a donation to Give Kids the World, and you get entered to to win the drawing. Um, yeah, all of the six of us in this castle. That would be good. We should all go together and... and... Oh, man. What a podcast. <laughs> right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Of course Tom's going to make us work when yeah, we win a prize. I, I didn't say it. Tyler said it. You well, said him. I, was, I know I was, you set him up. I, I was going to give you the night off, but <laughs> since Tyler suggested it... <laughs> oh, but um, I think... I, you may have said it, Tom, but be, I, because I was looking for the site, I, I may have missed it, but if for... Depending on the amount that you donate, you get a certain amount of entries. Right. So the minimum right. entries is 100 entries to win if you donate $10. Right. And if you donate um, $5,000, which is the top donation, it's 50,000 entries. So 
the more you donate, the better chance you have of, or we have, mm-hmm. since I'm going to be donating too, uh, we have of going into the castle. Right. And uh, I, I believe the offer still stands too that if you uh, donate one thousand five hundred dollars, mm-hmm. that they will take you out to dinner, probably in the Orlando team. I'm assuming. You know. Uh, we'll- I don't really know, actually. Right, but yeah, no, I they mean, just said, yeah, the podcast. The podcast. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, so, I'm, so you know. here's, here's what you do. You, you donate $1,500, send your receipt to Pete, and say, I don't want to go out to dinner with you guys. I want to go to dinner with the Disneyland team. Ooh, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, can that's we can and, and this can will be my last juice? episode. Uh, thank you all for listening. <laughs> I was going to say, and then Pete's going to say, great, Tom's going to treat. Exactly. Can they pick and choose um, which podcasters? I, yeah, you? I have no idea. I have no idea. Yeah. I don't think there's many details. All I know is that if you send them, if you give them proof and send them your, your uh, receipt, they will take you out to dinner. So yeah. that's pretty nice. Very cool. Enter early and often. Uh, what's the deadline? It's coming up like the 9th or something like that, I think. I don't remember off the top of my head what the deadline was, so I will have to look Let that up. Let me see if it shows it on the site. Twelfth or something. Yeah. It's a couple weeks, but not, not an incredibly long time. There's 19 days left. Okay, cool. There you go. So six minus twelfth, maybe maybe Michael's right. It's probably the twelfth if there's nineteen days left. So uh, do you get to stay in the suite for two nights? No, since you're there night. for two days. Okay, I one see. Night. It's a one two night. day. It's a two day pass. Yeah, gotcha. two day pass. One night, two days. Yep. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Um, got to say hello to our friends listening live on Mixler. Hi, friends listening live on Mixler. Uh, if you'd like to listen and chat live, head over to Mixler.com, M-I-X-L-R.com, every Sunday evening around 7 p.m. Pacific-ish. Uh, listen, chat, um, listen to the what goes on between the two shows, which is always interesting. Sometimes mm. it's not. Sometimes it's just dead air because we're all going to grab a trip, grab some water. But our Mixler oh. friends are always interesting. Yes, they are. Yeah. Um, Sunglasses. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, let's talk. Um, let's talk. Oh, housekeeping. Uh, real quick one. We're going to talk about Mickey's Halloween party later, but uh, I don't think we mentioned this on last week's show. The event is basically sold out. Um, there are a ticket few tickets here or there released the day of so don't plan your trip around it but if you happen to be at disneyland and you want to go uh head over to the the ticket booth and ask and see if there's any tickets available but again don't plan your ticket around or your trip around the the halloween party if you're really desperate call or go to the ticket booths because they they are yeah Anyway, um, they are what they, they're they not going to give them to you online. They're sold yeah, out online. Sold so out you got to go to the ticket booth or call. Yeah. All right. Uh, any other housekeeping? Michael, you were on a podcast. I was besides this one and connecting with. <laughs> right. Walt. We on the leaving today podcast, which is actually recorded up here in Northern California mm-hmm. And it's a they haven't they've been around about a year and a half okay. I think, and episode uh, forty three I think is what they episode forty three that's <laughs> right and I'm a I'm they break it up into segments as we do I'm the last segment that's the feature presentation segment it was released on September eighteenth but we recorded it on September eleventh so that's why uh, some of the when they start talking about this tuesday or something they're actually it's it's a little off in the timing just a bit so it could be confusing a lot of fun so give them a listen very cool thank you michael yeah (laughs) um let's see what else do we want to talk about um um before you go to the next one i just want to the the uh, write-up that they have is feature presentation the team has a special interview with disney historian michael bowling Michael is a Disney historian for the Dis Unplugged podcast network of shows. The Dis Unplugged podcast, Disneyland edition, including series on 60 years of Disneyland and windows on Main Street. 
amongst others. He is also the host of the Disney Plug Connecting with Walt podcast, which is a show dedicated to Disney history. So, thank you. Very cool. <laughs> and we we talked about Walt Disney and Disneyland history, pretty much as well as things to come. Very cool. And um, how to fix Tomorrowland. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that's oh, about, yeah, that's the part the part that I got to so far. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, how many? We have a bunch of listeners on Mixler, and I'm not sure how that happened. Uh, we love yeah. you guys. Just yes. roll with it. Yeah, right. Yep. Okay. Uh, let's see. Which is weird because I never posted it on Facebook. So, um, you guys went to a special event on Saturday. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? It was the best. Okay. Mm-hmm. Michael, you took notes, so you you go ahead. As usual, I'll interject. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, okay. Well, you know, we talked a while back. Well, Mary Jo's talked about the Waltland bus tour with Bob Gurr. Mm-hmm. And so he had a special event that Mary Jo talked about the, where we toured the Garner Holt Studios. And it was also a benefit for the Ryman Arts because Garner Holt, uh, you know, sits on their board. And this was terrific. Uh, you know, we, we got there early and, uh, you know, met Bob Gurr and, got his autograph on various things and all that and and this was like a Diz reunion uh yes. there were so many listeners there um who listened to you know the, all, pretty much all the shows on the Diz, a, a variety of different shows and so that was really cool that we had so many people come up and say hello i felt and, like we were in a room full of friends yeah yeah it was really neat and so we get in there, we get into the lobby and th- this place, it's whatever the stereotype is that you would think a place that makes audio animatronic, audio on animatronic figures looks like this is it. <laughs> there's, there's just stuff everywhere. There's a, there's an old Snow White and a Seven Dwarfs car in the lobby. There's, um, you know, there's static figures of some of the things they've created in storyboard art and concept art and posters and uh, maquettes. And, I mean, it's amazing. And so, you know, Bill Butler is the creative director of of Garner Holt Productions. He was sort of the MC. He uh, They showed a really nice film of the history of the company, which was <laughs> starred Dick Van Dyke. And it it sort of went through. I mean, Garner Holt is I, I, Bob Gurr has said Garner Holt is a genius. And after seeing this film, I mean, you have to, you really believe it. Uh, I mean, because he started out, uh, his family owned horses, and they always wanted him better thing for a family that raises horses have a veterinarian in the family well he was watching a rerun of that classic um when kurt russell and the osmonds and then some blonde woman singer who's is now in obscurity um <laughs> they they visited they visited disneyland and haunted mansion and and i remember seeing this when i was a boy he watched a rerun of this and and they showed how they made some of the figures and that he was hooked and fascinated him. So he convinced his parents, take him to Disneyland. And when he saw the audio animatronic figures in action, he on the way home, he told his parents, I when I want to build these things. And he set his course for doing that. He built uh, this bizarre little Pirates of the Caribbean um sort of uh, flume in his backyard. He dug a big old trench and filled it with muddy water. And then he'd put kids in like this um, pan or something. Like one of those bathtubs type things, right? Yeah, like a plastic one that maybe you'd wash your dog in or something. I don't know. And then um, then he'd put it on a two by four and raise it up and it'd go down and then go hit the water. And then at one point he covered it up and, you know, had all these effects and he dressed up as a pirate and, um, went through until a kid fell in the water and complained to his parents and that ended that he made his own sky buckets and literally that's what it was he had hit poles in his yard set up pulleys got a bucket put kids kids would climb up on a ladder get in a bucket and he'd pull them across uh, that ended when his parents came home from the grocery store and saw children going over their backyard in <laughs> in buckets and so that ended that and it, it just went from there he 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 made a haunted house in his backyard and wanted to take an ad out with his allowance money in the paper to, to advertise it. And they wouldn't let, uh, you know, a 13 year old 
do this, you know, take out an ad, but a reporter, Steve Cooper, heard it and said, hey, I'll come out and check it out. He So he wrote a little article in the paper about it, and he uh, and, and 400 people showed up Halloween night to go through the haunted house for like and a dime. I think dime. He, was, he sold it for like 10 cents, right, Michael? Yeah, yeah it was a dime. Mm-hmm. It was, mm-hmm. And so, uh, and um, his parents were none too thrilled to have 400 people on their property. But then what happened was um, it just went from there. He then got a call through his school. Somebody wanted to, uh, a mall, a central mall, wanted to him to build a haunted, uh, a little haunted maze or a haunted house for the mall. So he did that, went through that. And, um, and that was really popular. He built it out of an old burnt out, um, an old burnt uh, um, trailer. trailer that he had saved up his money for. And, 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 and that became popular. He started to get more requests. Um, Mall of Orange wanted it and all that. And finally, he um, thought, this is a growing concern. So as a school project, he made a uh, – he was in high school by this time. He made an Uncle Sam audio-animatronic figure after reading about uh, an old National Geographic from 1963 in the school library about um, – how you make uh, about the Lincoln figure from the 6364 New York World's Fair fascinated him. And so he made an Uncle Sam figure and it turned into a huge school project. He got every one of his classes. It became part of the project, his English class about writing the script, history class about writing the history of Uncle Sam. I mean, everybody got involved in this and he made this Uncle Sam. And um, of course, he, he got a very good grade on the project, <laughs> but it it got written up in in the paper and um and it and then what he did immediately he um took it apart improved it and then um somebody videoed it and in front of a camera it moving and talking and they sent it to wed and um and he got a call from um wed and they wanted to come out and take a look at it so wethel rogers came out and um asked if and checked it out and, and so did another imagineer way the rogers was sort of like the father of audio animatronics and you could and and then um and so and then of course then garner holt says well you i showed you my workshop will you show me yours and they took him on a tour of uh imagineering when they were building epcot so he saw incredible stuff being built. So then uh, that was it. He decided he was going to, this is what he was going to do. He tested out of high school a year early at 16. By this time, his parents were. we're getting, so all the money they Michael, had saved it's, up. It's, uh, your internet is, is popping in and out, but go ahead. Okay. Yeah. I don't think there's anything I can do to improve it. I know. Um, all the money that he uh, that he could do to that they were saving up for vet school, he um, he they they put towards his business. He figured you know, Walt Disney put his name on a company, Walt Disney Productions. He went with Garner Holt Productions. He started to do little projects here and there, but then when the MGM Mall at or MGM um, Resort in Vegas, uh, they they were building an amusement park. Um, he put in a bid. For one of the attractions, <laughs> we did some sort. Mm-hmm. We didn't and hear any of that, Michael. Let me oh, put. Okay. So he put in the bid Thank for you. for um the job, and so they told him that they wanted to go out and see his production, and his production included just him. So he got his family members to pretend that they had a shop, a workshop, <laughs> so that when the executives came from MGM, um the the resort that they would see people working and he did things like he gave his dad a bunch of metal and had him put it through a grinder to pretend he was making something and <laughs> and he just it was wow. the, nice. the 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 way that he explained it it was just so cool My yeah mom. and and then it and then it just went on from there i mean then that then everything came pouring in the job offers of doing different things and uh, one of his big breakthrough jobs that got him a lot of attention was Chuck E. Cheese was redoing their rat or whatever it is. And, <laughs> and he, um, 
And so they wanted a sophisticated figure of Chucky. And so um, he got made 500 of them. And that got him a lot of attention. And he was doing uh, fine, but he always wanted to do Disney, you know. And so basically how he got into Disney was... um, he, they, he, he'd been doing animation on some of their parade floats. And finally, Disney Entertainment said, we want to do, they got the idea for the Haunted Mansion overlay. I think it was what, in like 2000 or something? Mm-hmm. I forget what they yes. said. And and they went, so they you know, came up with the design, what they wanted and all that. And they went to um, uh, WED and said, this is what we want to do. How much is it going to cost us? WED came back with a price that, that they said you're kidding uh, it was that there was no way they would it was unaffordable they, it was in for their them. budget so then somebody said at the park said in entertainment hey, what about that guy garner holt who does the animation on our floats why don't we uh talk to him and so they went to garner holt and he put in a bid and it was less than half of what wedded bid and they gave it they said go f- it's yours. Go ahead. And Wed told Disneyland Entertainment, you can't do that. Only we can do that. And they said, it's our haunted mansion. We can do whatever we want. And that's how Garner Holt got in the door. And um, and then uh, and, and it, it took him a few years to really convince uh, you know, Walt Disney Imagineering, that it wasn't he was trying to take jobs away. It was that, you know, the door opened and he was standing on the front porch. You know, the opportunity was just there. And then what was funny is when Tokyo Disneyland went to Wed and said, we want to do the overlay on our mansion, too. And we know how much it costs. <laughs> and and then they imagine Wed was forced to go to Gardner Holt. And say, okay, we need you to do this. They for couldn't our compete part. with Garner Holt. Yeah, and then once they saw the quality uh, Garner Holt was doing, and um, and that he was working with them, and and that he was a nice guy, and really fostering positive relationships, they um, they started to give him more and more work. To where now he uh, is the largest um, vendor that provides audio animatronic figures for the Disney company, you know, worldwide, as well as a ton of other companies too. Cause when we were in there, we, we saw them working on a variety of things for all kinds of theme parks, universal studios, Singapore and, and all kinds of stuff. So, so then, you know, there was, a, so we, so we heard that there was a Q and a, um, with Bob Gurr and Garner Holt. Oh, and when 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 they talked about how much why Wed was so expensive. Oh my gosh, Bob Gurr went on a little rant. He didn't. He uh, didn't uh, hold anything back on that one. I don't think he did not. And it was all about how in the old days when it was with Walt, the people that um did you know it was just the people that did the construction were the planners and all of that. But then in the seventies, it got to be, there were project managers and estimators and project coordinators and all that kind of stuff to where there were more people upstairs doing project planning than there were people downstairs on the floor doing the construction. Yeah. So the overhead was just too much. Yeah. He said the shop rate call it was just, it was like crazy expensive. And so, um, and it just took off. One of the things I liked about, um, appreciate about Garner Holt Productions is that he, he's a he's a local company. He grew up in San Bernardino. He has always supported, you know, done his his work there in in San Bernardino for the local malls, et cetera, and schools. And he's just around the corner from Walt Disney, and they truly do uh, keep the try to keep the overhead down, and they're always trying to innovate new and better ways. We saw them, um, and Michael will will explain this better than I will because he'll remember the animator's name, but we saw the new Lincoln that they're working on, the Mm -hmm. Lincoln head, and all of the expressions that they've been working on. Um, Some of you may have seen it on YouTube or or something because they did something for Conan O'Brien. But um, they were showing us these expressions, and they're, they're continually improving uh, the different ways that that they that they are um, doing animatronics. It was a little bit mind blowing. Um, this guy is 
truly a genius and he's a regular he's just a regular guy he's only a year younger than me so it's kind of cool to see you know we talk about the american dream and if you really uh, put your mind to it and and work towards something how you can achieve it and garner holt is such a good example of that and he's still down to earth and the the uh bill's last name was is what is it again michael butler oh yeah, the, he's he's the creative uh, manager. He's been there since he was 19, and he and you could just see the pride that he has and and working at the at the company. In fact, you can see the pride in everybody who, that we talked to, and the animator who did Lincoln also did some other stuff. Michael, what was it that he um that he worked on that they told us? Who Bill Butler? No, the uh, animator for Lincoln oh, that was sitting behind on, the controllers. He wrote on the Country Bear Vacation Hoedown and Country Bear the Christmas Show, and then he he did worked on some films for Pixar, um, were the things that I remember. Oh, that's right, he, the Pixar films. So so he also worked on that, and he said that he's been working on Lincoln um, facial expressions for a year, and I hope that they do this again. Um, there's a gentleman who works with Bob Gurr that sets these type um, experiences up, and he said he hopes that that he that he um, that they do this tour again. And if they do, we'll be sure to talk about it and let everybody know that they're going to do it because it's it was so well worth it. Yeah. And then after the presentation, they actually took you on a tour of the whole facilities, and they walked you through from the very beginning of design all the way to the final product, what was the how price? they make these figures. What was the price on this? I think it was 85 okay. if I remember correctly. Yeah, and that included lunch. Oh, wow, yeah. okay. And all that, so it was it was good. And we got to sit with um, uh, Russell Flores, so that was exciting. Okay. So but lot, anyway, it was, pardon me? I saw lots of people on Facebook were there. <laughs> Yeah, like well, said, yeah, a lot a of our Diz reunion. friends. Yeah. Exactly. It was, it was like being with a group of friends watch, uh, who are truly interested and appreciate what we were um, learning about. And the, the actual, and the fact that Bill Butler, how much he knew about all, womb to tomb, beginning to end and explaining to us about the, the different the processes and he couldn't take us down certain aisles because they're developing new things, nice. you know, so we were not allowed to take any pictures of any of the presentation or, or the, excuse me, the studio, but man, I wanted to. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> I would f be fighting that urge as well. Yeah. All right. Any other housekeeping? Oh, Ooh. um, do, do any of you watch Adam the woo? Yeah. Well, the, if you watch the Daily Woo uh, for September 18th, um, 2017, he visited Walt Disney's barn. Bob Gurr was there, and he was wearing a Connecting with Walt shirt. So I was very excited. My my little social media blew up as people sent me photos and videos of that. And it turned out that was one of his last videos. He announced, I think it was today or yesterday, he is discontinuing yeah. the Daily Woo. Yes, today was the was the day he announced he's done. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so we it's, got uh, in he, under the wire. He had one he did one thousand nine hundred and eleven days in a row. Wow. Of vlogging. That's anyway. He's yeah. the one that crashed well, crashed the, the expo yes. too, right? Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. photobombed us, yeah. yeah. That was pretty funny. <laughs> but it was true. cool when we went up there, um, when Bob Gurr saw Michael and he told him how much he enjoys connecting with Walt and talking about that t shirt that he enjoys wearing. Nice. <laughs> All right. Anything else for housekeeping? All right. Oh, I got something. Oh, okay. So last week's show, I lied. Mm, no. I said that there were no more special foods at Harbor Galley. Okay. Well, I was wrong. Okay. During the Halloween party, we saw the sign with the very, very special lobster chips. Okay, so they still have all that. They still have all that. They um, And, oh, my God, those lobster chips were pretty darn amazing. <laughs> nice. nice. So, so yeah. All right. Very cool. All right. Uh, Tony, do you want to do the draft results first or the news first? Oh, I want to do the draft results first. All right. Let's do the draft results. Okay. So. That's probably copyrighted. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. Now, Tom, you have to pay. Yeah, I know, right? Yes. So here's what we have <laughs> as results. I mean, obviously, the voters didn't know what they were voting for. 
that should yeah, give you right. a hint as to what place I ended up yeah. in. Okay, so the the remember, guy who, uh, the we, guys who whose idea this was, yeah, okay, yeah, I know exactly did last. But see, that shows you that there was nothing shady about it. Mm-hmm. It was sure, sure, sure. Or else I would have fixed it. So or, I could, or I'm just that bad that I don't know how to pick a good Disneyland. No, trip this this is he, this is like <laughs> the guy who plays the bad game of pool up front. Now you're gonna play next a real year, good game yeah. next. Oh time. yeah, next yeah. year, next yeah. year I'm gonna have spreadsheets and color codes yep. and. And a whole I've, I've got algorithms already. I've already hired some interns yep. to start working on it. Should we? So, I know you. You're a pool shark. Should we review yes. the teams first? Yes. So we have um, Michael's team with villas at his hotel was villas at the Grand Entertainment World of Color attraction, Haunted Mansion, Blue Bayou, French Market, and Mickey Beignets. Nancy had Paradise Pier. The Fireworks, Radiator Springs Racers, Napa Rose, Bengal Barbecue, and a Tigger Tail. Mary Jo had Grand Californian Hotel. Phantasmic, Disneyland Railroad, Ralph Brennan's Jazz Kitchen, Little Red Wagon, and a Dole Whip. Tom had Candy Cane Inn, Dapper Dan's, Pirates of the Caribbean, Steakhouse 55, Plaza Inn, and a Churro. And I had Disneyland Hotel, Flag Retreat Ceremony, Space Mountain, Carthay Circle Restaurant, Gibson Girl Ice Cream, controversial and uh, a Mickey bar for a snack. And so everybody had to vote based on favorite hotel entertainment, attraction, table service, counter service, snack. Then we're going to add them all up and see which team or vacation won. Now mine did not. However, <laughs> we're going to go with first the top scoring hotel was the Disneyland hotel, which was on my team, which is no surprise. But that shows you how yeah. bad my team was yeah. when I had the top hotel and it still didn't matter. And and uh, really there was no movement at all in this category. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Uh, it was always the Disneyland hotel. Like there wasn't any shifts throughout the week. There wasn't the any shifts throughout oh. the week. Okay. Yeah. Nobody like, nobody so that like was the number one. Was Disneyland that hotel. was number yeah. one. Yeah. That was the number one. And it was always the number one. And it was almost half the, the percentages. Yeah. And then second place was Grand Californian Hotel. Mm, yep. Then Villas at Grand California. Okay. Grand California. And then I'm missing... Candy Cane is, is fourth. And fourth. And then Paradise Pier got one vote. Oh, um, man. I think... Okay, I just think Disney needs to pay attention to that. They only got one vote. That's So after that's probably- after just the hotels, Tony's in the lead. Yeah, so let's just stop it right there. <laughs> yeah, and sure. Reality yeah. kicked in. Okay, so then in reality kicked in and entertainment. Which one do you guys think won? Fireworks, World of Color, Fantasmic, Dapper Dan's, or Flag Retreat Ceremony? Fantasmic. That's Fantasmic. my vote. Yeah, it's unstoppable. And so Fantasmic won yes. with thirty-five point eight percent. Fireworks were second with twenty-six point three percent. Actually, there's then, a tie. Oh, sorry. A t- oh, wait, an exact tie. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Fireworks and World of Color both at 26.3%. Then Dapper Ooh. Dance at 8.4%. And uh, Flag Retreat Ceremony, obviously no one loves America, mm-hmm. only 3.2%. So, and a- Mary Jo jumps into the lead. Yes, so now with the oh. attractions... The crowds. Okay, yes. With the attractions... A tie, another tie. Tie for first place. In- which is actually, I'm surprised, I'm kind of impressed what it, what tied. Mm-hmm. But anyways, Pirates of the Caribbean, mm-hmm. 27.4%. What do you guys think tied with Pirates of the Caribbean other than Tom? Because he knows the result. It's Haunted Mansion, Racers, Disneyland Railroad, Pirates, and Space Mountain. Space Mountain. I'll say Haunted Mansion. Uh, racers, I'll... I think. You're right. It's the Racers. I got one. Yes. So Nancy gets that one along with Tom with the Pirates of the Caribbean and then um, Haunted Mansion. Although the railroad should have won. Well, yeah, no, I'm not going to say that. I was lost. I lost (laughs) almost everything. Um, Haunted Mansion, 17.9%. Disneyland Railroad, 11.6%. And oh, sorry. Space Mountain was 15.8%. So. Uh, And that one. Pirates took an early lead, then Radiator Springs Racers uh, held the lead for quite a while until the very last second they tied. Interesting. We'll have to do some uh, 
investigations. All right, now with, sure involved. with that, we have a okay. three, three-way tie for first place between Michael, Nancy, and Mary Jo. So, oh, yes, now we go to table service restaurants. Mm-hmm. And this one... I found really interesting, actually. So, why? okay, so I'll say the, it and then you can well, explain the, what uh, you uh, uh, Well, I'll tell you, because the second place uh, finisher started out strong. Mm-hmm. And then did, just stopped. And then stopped, yeah. Interesting. Well, but so, it, ended okay. up, it ended up really, really close, though. I'll start with last place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ralph Brennan's Jazz Kitchen, 3.2%. Then... Second to last place was Steakhouse 55 with 15.8%. Kind of surprising. Yes. Napa Rose, 18.4%. So okay. the top, the two and the the last two were Carthay Circle at 30.5% and Blue Bayou at 32.1%. So. Wow. Yeah. I thought that Blue Bayou might get it though, because Blue Bayou is such a classic um, and the fact that it's in an attraction, that's a huge, yeah, that's was, a huge draw, even more of, than Carthay Yeah, there Circle. was a lot of play in this one between the top three, so. And Tom was the only one that had got to see that. Yeah. So, um, okay. Michael takes the lead. Ooh. Okay, so now, with counter service, for a, some reason, somebody f- let, let Gibson Girl ice cream go in, <laughs> and it only got a... It only got a 5.8%. So, I mean, I could have just picked Seven <laughs> Eleven and been in last place at the same same time. So, we'll forget that one. I know it was oh, shouldn't yeah. have been in. Well, next year. Again, anyways. Okay. So, then we have with uh, 17.9% Little Red Wagon, which surprises me didn't get more. And then everything else was, was pretty close. There was yeah. a, almost an exact tie for the next two. French Market and Bengal Barbecue both got 22% of the vote. Bengal Barbecue got one more vote than French Market. And wow. Tom's great pick, 31.6%, Plaza Inn. So yeah, he got that first was... place in that one. This Then finally, with Michael the snacks. Ex- Michael this, extends his lead. Yes. It's surprising. That um, it, what's interesting is how there was actually a decent amount of votes, except for most of all of these, except for the last place. Mm-hmm. Like everything else, there it wasn't somebody just crushed everything like we have had in our um, uh, March Madness ones. But we have in last place the Tigger Tail with three point seven percent. Oh, hey, that's a, you, but that's to be expected. I what's know. What's not sugar. to be expected is that Mike Mickey Ice Cream Bar only got six point eight percent. It's just the icon. Anyways, I'm so bitter. Are you bitter? Mickey, yeah, a little. Mickey Beignets got 24.7% of the vote in third. <coughs> in second place was the Churro with 26.8%. And in first place, kind of to be expected, was 37.9% Dole Whip. And I think Ooh. that was the highest... Was that the highest rated anything? Of what? Oh, Dole Whip? No, of anything, because it was 37.9. Yeah. Um, looks like it, yeah. They, that was the biggest winner. Listen, so, I love all the Diz people, but come, is, is, is am I the only one that's like, why is Dole Pineapple Whip so popular? Anyway, let's move on. Do, do, you I are the only one. With, I don't want to pick a fight <laughs> Oh, with Tyler. I'm not going to pick a fight. <laughs> you, you've just made yourself a heretic. That's okay. Well, Despite right. Mary Jo having two first place wins with Fantasmic and Dolip, she did not win. Mm-mm. So we can start in last place, which was me. With uh, 15 points? 15 points. Okay, so we gave, if you got first place, you got five points. Second place got four points. Third place got three points. Fourth place got two points. And last place got one point. And if there was a tie, you got both got the same amount of points. So I'm in last place with 15. Mary Jo, despite. Her two five-pointers, she got 18 total points. What killed her was the Disneyland Railroad and Jazz Kitchen, Kitchen both only getting one point. Yeah. So, okay. and But she tied with Nancy with 18 points. So at the bottom is me, then Nancy, Mary, Joe, both at 18. Tigger Tail and, and Paradise Pier Na- killed her there. Yes. Yeah. So now we've got, it's going to be either Tom or Michael to win 
the first ever fantasy draft of See, we both Disneyland. Have, both have one number one with my pirates and his yes. flooded mansion. No, you've got two because you have Plaza Inn and Pirates. Oh, you're right. I do have two. Yes. However. But, but you also have a lot of second. You have three second to last yeah, places. Yeah, yeah. He has a lot of second. He has no top. twos. Mm-mm. Yes. He was in the top for all of them. Michael, congratulations with 21 points. You Ooh. defeated Tom by one, one point. point. One point. Wow. Mm-hmm. We are the champ. <laughs> 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 I want to thank everybody who voted for me. You like me. You really like me. I, yeah, I, I, kept, I kept looking at the numbers trying to see where I could um, come out on top and... Uh, I think what what killed it, I think, was the Blue Bayou. That's that's what threw you over the top because initially it was Carthay that was was ahead, and so that put me in the lead or or a tie for the lead. But when Blue Bayou came out on top, there was no there was no way. Um, and then the, the the strong showing of French Market at, at some points, French Market was in second instead of third, and so that even put you put you higher. So, oh, and also making beignets, Mickey beignets and churros kept switching uh, second and third place. So that, that would we, we, we like our and, fried yeah. treats. <laughs> and Tom really wasn't accounting for those absentee votes that usually take no, a little bit right, longer yeah. to be counted. Yes, yeah. So we're calling the yeah, election we'll, now. Yeah. We'll find a bag of, uh, of uncounted votes in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So anyways, there we go. That was our first fantasy team vacation draft. Uh, let's and see. I think actually so, more okay, people so seem let... to participate than in the March Madness thing. It looked like. All right, so, let's, let, so the Dis listener team would be the Disney, staying at the Disneyland Hotel, watching mm-hmm. Fantasmic, uh, mm-hmm. riding both Radiator Springs Racers and Pirates of the Caribbean, one in each Two park, three. I guess. Uh, eating at the Blue Bayou restaurant, have having some fried chicken at the Plaza Inn, and washing it down with a Dole Whip. That's not a bad trip. That's not a bad <laughs> trip. That's a, that's a perfect trip. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Nice. Except for the Dole Whip. <laughs> <laughs> so what's so Tyler? What's your favorite treat? Oh, that's a tough question, actually. Um, wow, you can't hit me with that so quick. Um, if you're gonna, probably... if you're gonna dog the dough whip. Well, you got to be ready with an answer. Well, I'm just more—I'm just more of a chocolate guy. I'm not really a f- kind of uh, fruit sweet guy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really want the fruit fruity taste for dessert. Like, that's just not my thing. I just—I'm just more of a chocolate guy. So I would probably go for—I mean, honestly, I—I I prefer like even the. Um, those dragon desserts that we had at uh oh yeah for for fan, you know before phantasmic i mean i think that's a better dessert than a dole whip in my opinion but oh, yeah well, riverbell terrace yeah riverbell terrace good. exactly <laughs> um you know what, uh, what about the english toffee candy that they sell there i haven't had that actually so oh my that's gosh. something i might try it's good yeah it's to die for uh, if i think of my favorite uh like sweet thing honestly my favorite thing to do at disneyland is to have savory things and you know have a couple drinks and stuff so i don't really get the desserts as often as a lot of other people do i think so all right okay time for the news back to you tony well they built another playground so willow park in anaheim was transformed into a kid designed play space in less than eight hours with the help of close to 300 people from the city of anaheim Anaheim Family YMCA, Disney, Disney Alumni Area residents and organizers from Kaboom. So now 400 kids have more opportunities to get the balance and active play they need to thrive. Like the Disneyland Resort, these playgrounds are built to be places where parents and their children can spend meaningful time together, said Michael Coglazer. I know I butchered his name, nope. president of the Disneyland Resort. All right, thank you. Um, our Disney volunteers are proud to show their commitment to the city of Anaheim by installing our ninth playground in this community. I'm not going to read any more about that because just know that it was a slow news week and we just mm-hmm. talked a lot about stuff. And we don't want to have two in a row that are gone with the wind like last week. Right. So moving on to the next story, airport rankings have come out from J.D. Power's top J.D. Power and the reason why we're going to share it is that it relates to Disneyland in the uh, and some of the 
hotels. Some of the airline, the airports you'd be flying into. So these are all according to JD Power's 2017 North America Airport Satisfaction Study. Overall travel traveler satisfaction reached 749 out of out of 1,000 points. Uh, that marked an all-time high for the survey. And they first did this back in 2000. And so let's see what we have. They had mega airports. And the mega airports include Detroit, Vegas, Phoenix, Los Angeles, Seattle, Tacoma, Houston, Miami, Atlanta, huge. And the number one, even though this is a Disneyland podcast, was Orlando in terms of uh, satisfaction. But since this is a Disneyland podcast, Los Angeles... Where did you go? Oh, there we go. The average was 746. Los Angeles scored in at a nice low 712, only topping Newark. So just, just everyone know it that. doesn't take hey. much to top Newark, does it? Yeah, but LAX only 712, and the average was 746. Okay. Orlando, the highest, scored 778. Now, in terms of large airports, I'm not going to get into the numbers for large airports because of time and all that. However, we have Orange County John Wayne was the highest score at 796. In so, the, in the large airports? Yes, in the large airports. Large airports included cities like Tampa, Dallas, Love, not Dallas, Fort Worth, Nashville, Portland, Austin, Houston, San Diego, Salt Lake City, Chicago, Midway, the Southwest one, uh, New Orleans, Kansas City, Oakland, St. Louis, Fort Lauderdale, Philadelphia. So. Mary Jo, I don't mean to be calling you out or anything <laughs> about our differences between LAX and John Wayne, but John Wayne scored the highest of anyone with with 796. So just we we needed a new story, so be what it may be whatever that phrase is, but there you go. <laughs> That's it. Cool. We've got a story. Nice. So the, but then look at price, so Exactly. That's why I'm always flying in LAX and then yeah. regretting it. And then, but I look at the the price and I'm okay with it. Yeah. Just stay away from Terminal Three at LAX right now. That bad, huh? Is that where the oh, it's horrible. Oh, okay, that's where Delta's moved to. Oh, they yeah, moved yeah, to yeah. Terminals Two and Three. Yeah. yeah, it's bad over there, actually. Oh my gosh. All right, thank you, Tony. You can rest now. Um, time for rapid fire. I will go first. Um, I alluded to this last week. There is a new menu at Cafe Orleans, and we need to check it out because it is basically entirely new. They kept Pommes Frites and Monte Cristo, and that's about it. <gasps> they got wow, rid of really? this. They didn't get rid of my green t fried green tomato sandwich, did they? Fried green tomato is gone. Let me go through it real quick. Uh -huh. um, appetizers, a seafood gratin. So a creamy Ooh. blend of lump crab, shrimp, spinach, and cheese served with seasoned croutons. Uh, palm frites are still there. The uh, the salad is still there. And the gumbo is still there. For entrees, there is a, a steak and potatoes, which is a house rub steak with mashed potatoes and vegetables with a beer molasses sauce. Uh, Bourbon Street Kitchen. Chick bleh. Bourbon Street Chicken. A honey-kissed chicken with Hoppin' John. Uh, seasonal vegetables and bourbon sauce, so that's new. Um, a muffaletta chopped salad. The, th the three cheese Monte Cristo and the regular Monte Cristo. Uh, sustainable fish, black and sustainable fish. Shrimp and grits. Uh, a new lobster lobster cob salad. Ooh. Um, so so the all the the crepes are gone. Oh no! Yeah, so the 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 fried green tomato sandwich is gone, and the crepes are gone. Oh. And the onion soup is gone. And the onion. Like so many people. Uh, oh, is that gone. shocking that the onion soup yeah, is gone? Soup is that gone. was yeah. so why, good. Why do you think they did that when everybody's saying why they get rid of the stuff people like? Because there was probably a new chef that came on duty and wanted to yeah. have, his, have his signature items on the menu. I've um, got to find that fried green tomato sandwich. <laughs> And as far as desserts, the beignets are still there. And I think the coconut cake was there before. And now there is a new uh, bread pudding. So milk chocolate sardo bread pudding with house-made vanilla bean creme anglaise. That sounds good. Yeah. Um, so the lobster cob salad, lobster tossed with mixed greens, roasted corn, cherry tomatoes, cucumbers, bacon, and avo avocado vinaigrette. 
Um, mm. What's um, what's Hoppin' John? Does anybody know? I'm trying to remember. Right. Is it a beer? It's got to be some kind of starch, corn... right? Hang okay. on. It's a, like okay. a cornbread thing, I'm pretty okay. sure. Oh, wait a minute. Actually, it is black-eyed peas. Oh, okay. Um... It is a black-eyed pea dish made with rice, with black-eyed peas and rice, okay. um, chopped onion, bacon, and seasoned with salt. Cool. All right. That's so different. That is the new menu at Cafe Orleans. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, kids' meals. There's there's quite a variety of kids' meals now. There's a there's a steak. There's a chicken dish, both served with popcorn, rice, and broccolini. Uh, they have uh, salmon. They have sh- uh, kids' shrimp and grits, which is kind of cool. And then of course macaroni and cheese. So they got they they yeah, they they decimated that menu. All right, That's sad. Yeah, it, it needed an overhaul because part of the reason we never went there very often was that it was always kind of the same thing. But. But yeah, that's a wow yeah. as far as a big change. Yeah. I really liked that uh, crepe with the the beef in it. That was really good. Yeah. See, and I thought those are relatively new additions to the menu. They were. We... Yeah, so they have overhauled it. I mean, I'm glad they do change things up, but I I don't mind them hanging on to a few of the old right, things. Right. <laughs> uh, At least the ones I like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mary Jo. Beginning October 6th at the Disney California Adventure Park, uh, we get a preview of the latest adventure move, Avenger movie, Thor Ragnarok, will be presented in 3D with special in-theater effects at the Sunset Showcase Theater in Hollywoodland, where we will be able to um, lay our eyes on some of the props and costumes that they <laughs> right, used in the production of the film. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> You're hoping there'll be more uh, more beefcake than uh, props and costumes. I am partial to Thor, I have to admit. <laughs> and this preview is just in time for the uh, Summer of Heroes, guys. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Good timing, right? <laughs> so in the movie Thor Ragnarok, um, Thor is in prison on the other side of the universe without his mighty hammer. And he finds himself in a race against time to get back to Asgard to stop Ragnarok, the destruction of his homeworld, and the end of the Asgardian civilization at the hands of an all-powerful new threat, the ruthless Hela. But first, he must survive a deadly gladi- gladiator role gladiatoral contest that pits him against his former ally and fellow Avenger, the Incredible Hulk. So um, all of us can see um, the preview when it begins on October 6th, and the movie itself will open up in 3D on November 3rd of this year. When is the the preview through when? The the preview opens October 6th, but the movie itself starts November 3rd. Um, I already have my opening night tickets. Nice. Uh, you never know when they're going to sell out so if there's nothing else we've learned from the Halloween party and and the Garner Holt by right they had a a special preview for like I think it was Regal theater members and you got you got your popcorn and your drink and I don't know, you got some silly trinkets or something too. But the the film starts a couple of hours earlier than its debut. Hmm. So you, I guess you get to tweet about it sooner than everyone else. Right. <laughs> um, the preview for Coco takes over the Sunset Showcase Theater on November 3rd. So I'm assuming the Thor will end a few days before that. So, so they can get it ready for Coco. For Coco, yeah. Which I, I had, which, which oh, I had heard was going to be in. Initially, they said that was going to be in Bugs Life, but it's not. So, what were you going to say, Mary Jo? Um, I learned that Coco is a nickname for the name Socorro in Spanish. Oh, okay. It's, there's, it, there's, so I don't. I think there's a character mm-hmm. in the movie yes. mm-hmm. who's named Socorro. So that was cool to learn that Coco is. is yeah, I've a, been okay. I've been wondering who Coco is this whole time. It's like the great grandmother or something of the okay. little boy. Okay, isn't that right, Mary Jo? I think I don't know yet. Well, and I think okay. what they're doing is they're taking some of the back the backdrops and stuff from Positive Familia, Della Familia, and moving it over to Sunset Showcase. Yeah, nice. from, so, yeah. So for when it opens on November third. That would make, make the sense. Most of their money. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Tyler. 
All right, so I'm not 100% sure when this started happening. It could have been a couple weeks ago or maybe just a week ago. I know I noticed it about a week ago, but uh, during Fantasmic, we all love and adore the new <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean segment. Uh, Wait, w- did I hear any sarcasm no. there? Uh, no, we all love and adore it, Mary Jo. <laughs> um, no, we all uh, we all don't really like it very much, but... They have made it slightly better now, uh, at least in my opinion. The woman, whoever, whatever her name is, I don't think she's Elizabeth Swan or whatever, but she has a brand new set of lines, and she also um, isn't screaming on a constant basis anymore. So, um, oh, I hope God. she's still bouncing up and down. She is doing that. She's doing oh, that. But geez. they've made it. They've made it more of. It seems that they've made it a little bit more obvious that she and Jack are kind of trying to fight each other and she's trying to get the compass from Jack. Uh, and they've made the lines that she says a little bit more clear. You know, she says things that let you know that she's actually trying to They're you know, they're basically trying to fight each other while they have these like skeleton pirates chasing them both around the entire ship is what I think it boils down to. That makes perfect sense. I had no idea. Um, I'm so glad that they changed it because she sounded so much like a damsel in distress. It was very she, irritating. She's much more. She yeah, she's much more uh, of an independent woman uh, now. Uh, she's not screaming and yelling and in trouble the entire time. So, uh, you know, I think it's a better change than the original version. I still wish Peter Pan was here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought I the first person I thought of was Michael when I saw that. I was like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um because I knew they'd have to do something. Every like everyone universally disliked it. So there they there they go. They did something about it a little bit. So maybe they'll do a little bit more changes down the road. We'll see. <laughs> Toss them overboard. I think Tyler yeah. uh, Michael. Well, I have an update for MouseCon three, which is Northern California's Disneyana fan convention. You might remember before I've talked about uh, some of the guest appearances will be actor john ratzenberger animator and artist rick farmelo actor keith coogan artist james mulligan actor and artist c andrew nelson and cartoonist and illustrator bill morrison um joining them now is disney star michael mcgreevy and he's going to be a featured speaker you you're probably thinking who first of all this guy had a huge huge uh just career, both in front of the camera and behind the camera, television, film. Um, but we know him in Disney. He starred opposite Kurt Russell in a series of very successful films. Um, the Computer Wore Tennis Shoes, Now You See Him, Now You Don't, Snowball Express, and The Strongest Man in the World. And he was the redheaded guy that was always like Kurt Russell's sidekick in those films. So uh, anyway, so he's been added to this along with the whole list of folks I mentioned. And there also will have lots of vendors for all of you collectors. And they will again have their Disney costume and cosplay contest. So when and where is this happening, you might be asking? Because you where just have and to when see is all these Michael? people. I'm glad you asked, Tom. <laughs> um, it's at the South uh, San Francisco Conference Center. It's at 255 South Airport Boulevard in South San Francisco, California. It is Sunday, November 5th of 2017. It goes from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Admission is only $10. So this is really a steal for, um, you know, a full day Disney event. This is a Uh, new, new, new location this year, right? It is a new location. Yeah, and it's supposedly their new permanent location. Um, children 8 to 14 are only $5. Children 7 and under are free. If you go onto the MouseCon website, um, advanced tickets are available for purchase. Book page in our show notes. And I am definitely planning on being there. Excellent. Thank you, Michael. Uh, Nancy, what'd you come up with? Hey, so, um, you know, we talk about uh, heading down to Exposition Park, our favorite place to go museuming, uh, just south of downtown L.A., and I figured I would give you guys an update on some of the exhibits heading on. Um, The Natural History Museum just had a new exhibit open last weekend called the Spider Pavilion. Yes, to celebrate all the excitement of the fall creepy crawly Hmm. season. you can um, get time tickets to go into um, to go into the spider p- pavilion where you can learn all about um, 
orb weavers and their intricate webs, and they have um, several different examples of spiders um, whose webs can span quite the distance. Um, and then they also have, of course, a, a few interesting spiders that pe give people the definite creeps, like pink toe tarantulas and jumping spiders. So, um, so lots of fun things with that one. And then coming up, that goes through, I said November, oh, I didn't say, um, November 9th, uh, 26th, November 26th, September 17th through November 26th. And the next up coming for them is on November 19th to April 15th, um, it's going to be Tattoo, an exhibition. Um, you know, and with Moana, you know, certainly the world has and gotten a little bit more um, history of interesting tattoos on the character of Maui. So um, the exhibit That's is going to... That's a stretch. I know, Disney right? Connection. It was a stretch, okay. but I had to go for it. Anyway, they're going to talk about 5,000 years worth of, of tattooing um, and, and how it evolved over cultures, continents, and time. And, you know, all of the different um, occurrences of what... How, why and how people got tattoos and they're going to have historical artifacts as well as um contemporary tattoos done on silicone models of of the human body so um it's going to have a really interesting collection um it will require tickets um time tickets and uh, just a reminder, too, that on weekends and holidays, you definitely want to get your time tickets to see the, uh, to see the Endeavor. Um, you can't get in without those. Uh, now, moving over to the next door over to the Science Museum, um, of course, we have um, the extremely cool exhibit that seems to live at, at our Science Museum every now and then, which is Body Worlds. Um, it's this version is Body Worlds Pulse. Now, if you've never seen Body Worlds or it's never visited your city, um, they are what they call plastinated specimens. Um, they are people who have actually donated their body to science, and they are um, their bodies are specially treated in this chemical bath that allows them to be posed. And um, and exhibited in very artistic and expressive methods, um, and to really show you all the different parts of the body. Um, as somebody in in the medical field, it's I think it's one of the coolest exhibits I've ever seen. Um, they also have the human body on the IMAX screen, and then um, from you know up and. Um, October 10th, it's already closed. The IMAX theater is going to be closed because they're installing a an IMAX laser projection system in it. So now Ooh. they're going to um, be having um, IMAX with laser, which is like the next generation 12-channel surround system. And, and so they'll be able to do those really cool shows you know that we used to only think went to planetariums and had pink floyd <laughs> <laughs> well it's not a it's not a literal laser i wish it was that would be rad but it it it, it it's like a it's like it's basically just a really high definition projector well what's interesting about this is there um the pictures they're showing are people actually wearing the black glasses Oh, okay. Well, I just thought that you meant uh, like like the plant like the planetarium shows when they used to put lasers on the ceiling and stuff. I thought yeah. that's what you were talking about. Well, I it's gonna be it's actually gonna be um, projected laser stuff with amazing amounts of color and and really okay. All right, well, yeah. maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, it it's gonna be like a whole new technology thing. So. Um, so yeah, I had, I'd have to do a little more Googling to find out about that, but it's coming on October 11th. So maybe Mary Jo and maybe Tyler, you and I will have to go down and hmm. and and see what we can do. And if Tony's in town, he could join us. Alrighty. It'd be fun. It would yeah. be fun. I'll have to do that. But yes, yeah, so that's what's going on at our favorite exposition park. Thank you, Nancy. Tony. 
Well, I know we talked about our favorite place, the museum. Well, I suggest going <laughs> further south into San Diego. No. Because, yes, because in October, yeah, bring it on. I'm not I'm not scared. <laughs> Wait till I tell you what you can do in October. Okay. Kids are free in October, just like last year. Okay. Nice. Okay, so the month, the month of October, it's free to children under 11 at the zoo, Safari Park, uh, SeaWorld, uh, Legoland, Balboa Park Museums 14, including the Aero, the San Diego Automotive Museum and the Air and Space Museum. And some of you, there's also um, free boat tours on the San Diego Harbor, on the Bahia Bell, a Hornblower cruise, or a flagship cruise, or the flagship cruise line. And some San Diego hotels offer free child entrees and restaurants. So that's good deals. Wow. I know. October, San Diego. Take your kids out of school. I didn't say that, but it's <laughs> hey. free. So teachers aren't allowed to it. say that, right? Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Tony. Um, thank you all. That's going to do it for the show. For those of you listening live, stick around. We're going to talk Halloween parties. Uh, that's going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch all of our other, other Diz Unplugged podcasts this week. And of course, we will be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>